This is Shayla Adams Stafford, and you're listening to PBL in Practice. Thank you for tuning into PBL in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on project-based learning. I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the White House in 2015 and share how PBL looks in my classroom before a room of national leaders. I'm a member of the national faculty of Buck Institute and founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first generation college bound students. But enough about me, let's dive into our guest for today. Our first guest on the Project Based Learning in Practice podcast is Andre Doughty, an amazing educator and friend of mine who we had the pleasure of getting to know a little bit more about today. Andre is an educational consultant traveling the country, speaking as a keynote, providing professional development, encouraging educators and organizations. Before that, he spent eight years as a technology instructional coach in Oklahoma City, creating and helping instructors learn. He also taught a technology grad course at the local college. He is currently living in Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, and when he's not traveling, he's dreaming big, helping teachers, using music to inspire others, laughing, and creating memes. Why, hello, Andre. Hey. We finally got this up and running. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Andre. It's so great to have you on. Um, and you know you're our first guest. Yes, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for agreeing to uh, just share some of your wisdom. Um, I met Andre a couple of years ago. We're both national faculty for the Buck Institute, and it's been really great getting to know him. This guy has tons of knowledge to share, so let's just get to it. Oh dang! So, you um, you you got me you got me going real good right there. That made me feel real good inside. I appreciate that. Aww. <laughs> well, our listeners heard a little bit about your background um, before you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else should listeners know about Andre? Well, I am, I am not the normal teacher. I never was the normal teacher. I was the student in the classroom always in trouble for making noises and beats and music and sounds and whistling and all of that. And so that same energy uh, followed me through my teaching career where my class was often the noisiest, the loudest. We were still on task, but we were just very, very loud with music and instruments and throwing Nerf balls around and uh, all of the other good stuff like that. So I'm not your conventional uh, educator by any means. Not at all. Okay. Okay. So would you say your unconventional style is what ultimately brought you to project-based learning? That is exactly what happened. Um, I'll share a quick story of what kind of what happened, uh, how I've, I stumbled upon it uh, on PBL. So one of the last years inside of the classroom, I taught fourth grade elementary, and I ended up with 70 elementary students in one classroom. Hold yes. on. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So hold on. Yes. Did you just say you had 70 Correct. students in Correct. one classroom? One classroom. 
Okay. All right. Well, we won't go into the backstory with that and how that, you know, occurred, but how did you deal with that? Well, that's exactly what ended up happening with PBL. Uh, long story short, um, it was two teachers. It became one teacher, me. Uh, and at this particular school, it was very difficult finding subs. At this particular school, it was very difficult finding teachers. So what mm-hmm. do you do when you have 74th graders wanting to learn, uh, but there are no candidates to teach, to learn, to sub, to anything? Oh you roll up gosh. your sleeves and then you say, well, let's do this thing. Uh, the good <laughs> thing is, once again, I'm the unconventional teacher. So music procedures, you know, very loose, very, uh, I want a loving environment, a safe environment. So that really helped out a lot. Uh, Just imagine seeing an elementary class taking a restroom break and I've got two rows of 34 students. (laughs) We're walking, we look like a, we seriously, we look like an HBCU band walking up and down the hall. Seriously. It was amazing. Wow. They knew where to stop. They knew how to stop. We brought books with us. So anytime we did restroom breaks, they knew to go straight to reading. Anytime we were in the lunch line, uh, they, I mean, we, we, get, we had to do lots of procedures uh, yeah. just to make sure to kind of, you know, because we're 70 deep, easily 70 so, deep. I, so, so, Andre, you've got 70 kids. Um, right. They're marching around like, an HBCU marching band. And right. um, <laughs> what project could you possibly do with 70 kids in one class? 70. Oh, beautiful. I mean, perfect segue. So what happened was with the 70, my voice was dead all the time. End of the day, high energy. I had no voice. So I said, I need to restructure. I need to think this. What, what can I do? So I went online and I started looking, you know, ways to engage students. Uh, different ways to engage students, and I ran across PBL. Okay. So, okay, great. Let's let's take a look at this. I start reading it. Now, the BIE website was not as polished now back then. You know, uh, it was here and there and a little bit everywhere. Uh, so I said, okay, I can try this project-based learning thing. Let's do this thing. And so my very first project uh, centered around a book. The book is called Night John by Gary Paulson. Okay. And for our listeners who may not have read Night John, Night John stars a young lady. Uh, her name is Sarni. And Sarni is a slave. And she wants to read, but she doesn't know how. And then one day, a, a, um, a runaway slave comes to her plantation and he teaches her how to read the letter A. And so it, from there, it talks about, you know, why couldn't slaves read back in the day and what's going on? And this is some historical, you know, context in the state of Oklahoma uh, with walk-ins and sit-ins and, and just, I mean, the land run in itself. And so our students quickly gravitated to this book. And so that was the foundation of the entire PBL. What would you do? What would it feel like? What would it look like if we were uh, slaves today? What do you have parents? Do you have grandparents who went through, could you be a slave in today's modern world? And so we started with the book Night John and the book Night John kind of helped lay the foundation. And that was the PBL. So now imagine 70 uh, students all wanting to have a final product of something different, something better, 
something else with that. Um, there was a follow-up book called Sarni, uh, and I wanted the students to have a love of reading because oftentimes they're reading about orca whales, and we're in Oklahoma. There's no ocean, so there's no interest in orca whales, but there is absolute interest about discrimination. So the PBL kind of dug inside of that. At the end of it, um, they had final products and uh, explaining of how they could reinvent, so to say, a Black Wall Street or how to um, integrate better uh, to become friends and neighbors with people who may have low SES or people who may not. Um, for the very first one, it, it was decent. I, I was impressed uh, mainly because I got to save my voice. <laughs> uh, and then secondly, because a lot of the students, they found their voice in it. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that you were able to use um, I'm, this, a history lesson on slavery tied in with ELA and tied into really just having students um, explore some local Oklahoma history, thinking about Tulsa and Black Wall Street um, mm -hmm. and really thinking about um, sort of what were the uh, you know, what were the conditions of slavery like? Um, and that's heavy stuff for fourth graders. Oh, yeah, it was powerful. And I think that's what really helped ground that 70 because the 70 came in already very conscious. Okay. Um, and so when they came, I mean, they, they knew the street. The 70 knew about the streets. We live in a, in, in a poverty-stricken area, so they already knew about the street. And and some of them didn't want to read. Well, why don't you want to read? Because it's boring. It's dumb. It's da -da 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 -da. And so once when you start unpacking this uh, historical fiction book, they were, is this for real? Oh, let's do that. And that's what we did. That's how we got our community involved. Your grandparents live right down the street. Bring your grandparents in and let's let him have a conversation about this with us. And so we had grandparents, we had clergy, we had community members, we had teachers, you name it. We had people coming in explaining what they heard from their parents. And so imagine how powerful it is uh, for a grandparent to come and say, we couldn't even go to the movie theater. You know, the movie theater right up there on blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah street. Yeah, we couldn't go there. Or so in Oklahoma, like, we have, go ahead. So it seems like it, it turned into an oral history project as well. Um, where you're incorporating yeah. community members and really having students um, gain some perspective on just, you know, that this wasn't that long ago, that there was segregation um, in Oklahoma. Wow, that is yeah. really, that's really deep and heavy stuff for fourth graders and your first time going around with, with PBL. What would Absolutely. you say? What would you say now that you've done tons of projects with all types of students and you've taught teachers how to do project-based learning? What would you say is your PBL superpower? My my superpower is more the encouragement. Um, we all know about the diffusion uh, history, Rogers Innovation Adoption Curve, where when you try something new, you have those innovators who jump right onto it and they've got it. And then we know about like those early adopters who they need to just see it one time and then they've got it. But what about all of those other teachers who, who need some handholding? 
who who want to try it, but they're scared because X, Y, Z. For me, what's really worked for me, and, and I'm really fortunate for that, is just the patience, the understanding that I get that you're scared. Let's let's do this together. Let's slowly learn PBL. Let's slowly add more inquiry uh, versus just expecting greatness the very first time. Uh, my, my superpower is that encouragement of just building that culture, whether it be within the classroom or whether it be with the teachers and the staff, to try it and it's okay to fail when you fail we're going to still look at it from a different perspective right so i've been really fortunate for that and i like that superpower okay <laughs> that's awesome so tell, yeah. tell us a story of break about a breakthrough pbl moment that you had um you know where your superpower was involved okay um i had an opportunity to do a workshop with some teachers and uh, these teachers were the I can't bunch. This just won't work for my students because you don't know my students. Uh, basically, they were saying my students are people of color who are Title I, who are three years below grade level. And, and you're wanting them to do this high level thinking. You, you're wanting them to create what? Uh, no, nah, my, my students can't. And I get it because it's much easier to say they can't and then trash it and then stay where you are. So that's the easy way. I get it. So, okay, well, instead of saying I can't, let's say I can. And let's just start with one thing per day. And so we basically team taught this, um, this PBL unit. Okay. And the first two days I said, I'll take the lead. And once again, being that encourager, I know, you know, okay, I'm going to throw you some softballs so you can hit it. And we're going to do this together. And so she was very intimidated, but okay, let's try it. And so very first two, three days, it, it was more me heavy teaching. And then during break time, she got it and she understood where, where I was going. You know, she started to read the room a little better with me. Uh, by day eight of this PBL, you could see her confidence growing where she's now reading the room and she's throwing me softballs. And we had discussed throwing softballs, but she's starting to go, oh, I get it. I get it now. Uh, fast forward to the last week uh, before presentation night, the kids were engaged. She was engaged. There was no discipline problems. Folks who had uh, the, the students who had issues with teamwork, they were working together. They were helping other teachers. Uh, other teachers was like, can you do a project with me? <laughs> and she's like, Andre sure can. Andre would be glad to do a project with you. And I was like, wait a minute, you're asking about, whoa, you, you volunteered me. Um, but she was so excited that that she actually had to see it first. And then once she saw it, uh, she had questions and just slowly but surely uh, that it, that garden was being watered. Okay. And by the end of it, she rocked it. She, uh, matter of fact, uh, I got an email from her not too long ago. And she said, uh, are you still willing to do projects with my students? Uh, yes. <laughs> Please tell me when and where. And, and let's do this thing. So now she's grown even more from that, which is cool. That's awesome. So it sounds like through team teaching, uh, you were able to have this incredible breakthrough moment where you saw a teacher grow really mm -hmm. and how important do you think it is to have 
you know, for new teachers that are new to PBL, to have someone who has done projects before and has had some success sort of help model some of those management strategies early on. How important do you think that is? Yeah, that's a part of the um, of that chasm. That that's a part of that the innovation um, curve where you have some people who have that that natural ability. PBL, oh, I'm gonna try it. And their first 12 PBL units are amazing. But then you have those others who are just scared. Um, mm. And so them having a mentor, them having some hand-holding, them just being able to throw ideas and questions off of each other makes a huge difference. Um, and that's what I'm seeing more and more just at schools where you see the entire curve there. You see the adapters, the early adopters. You'll see the innovators. And they're helping the ones who just need some handholding. Wow. Yeah. And so I, you know, Andre, you have talked a lot about some challenging moments and a breakthrough moment. What are just some tips that you have for PBL practitioners um, specifically related to your area of focus? Just if I'm new to PBL, what would you say? Mm-hmm. In, in thinking about your role as an encourager, what would be some specific tips you'd have for a newcomer? So my, my first tip, just I'm looking at it from an elementary point of view. Um, the first tip is just to jump in and try it. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who like to do thematic units and PBL isn't a thematic unit, but you mm-hmm. there are some of those elements within that. So just jump in and try it. The second thing to do is don't be afraid to ask questions. Connect with friends online. Go to your social media networking squad, uh, your, your personal learning network. Go on Twitter and just type in, you know, hashtag PBL. Don't, don't be afraid to ask questions because um, I still ask questions and I've been in this game for a while now. So everybody's always learning. So, you know, never be afraid to ask questions. The third thing is to continue to revise it. Um, a perfect example was there is a second grade and they're doing the Living Museum. And that is somewhat of a dessert PBL project. But each year I've seen the same teacher refine it and refine it and refine it. And so now they are in year four of this Living Museum and it is a strong PBL unit. But it took for her at the end of year one to say, ooh, let me try to add this and take this out. Then year two, you know, refine, revise, year three, year four. Uh, and now she's, she's, she's kicking butt. She's doing great. So don't be afraid of it. Refine it. Keep going. Keep pushing. All right. Keep pushing, man, because definitely project-based learning is not for the faint of heart because um, it can get challenging, especially mm-hmm. if you have 70 fourth graders. <laughs> um, oh, yes, we can. <laughs> um, so I, just as we close, I wanted to know if you have any specific organizational tools that have really helped you just, you know, I know that you spent years working as a um, instructional technology coach. Can you think mm-hmm. of any tools that our listeners should know about um, as they're on their PBL journey that can make life easier? Yes, save everything in folders with okay. today's technology, with like Dropbox, with like Google Drive. Um, every 
project, every PBL project that is done, I, I tell people to save everything that you've done, every website that you found, every resource, every worksheet, every whatever it is, save it in those drives or in those folders. Uh, even the final presentation and they're up and, you know, all the parents are recording it because that's their baby. And, you know, there's some, <laughs> save that as well because that could be a good reflective point and a good reflective tool. Save any and every little thing. Uh, so then next year when you are doing that same project, all the resources are right there. Um, and then that's if you want to share it with your, your PLN, if, if a person says, ooh, can I try that project? you have everything already in the folder and then you can yeah. share it that way as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good advice. And I wish I did that my first year of teaching because sometimes Agreed. I'm like, what do I do again? Can't find those documents at all. Agreed. But <laughs> I wish. Now I am using Google folders for pretty much everything in life. But thank you mm -hmm. so much, Andre, because you're right. We do need to have organization when pulling together so many different resources for our students and for mm -hmm. our teachers. Um, so, Andre, thank you so much for being our very first guest. We really, really appreciate you. And what are you working on right now? How can people get in contact with you? Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me um, on Twitter at Andre, A-N-D-R-E, Dowdy, D-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Um, I had a lovely winter break, but now the winter break is over. And so you have schools and classrooms yeah. and uh, conferences are gearing up and keynote speaking and workshops and all of these other things that I really uh, enjoy doing. Uh, they're reaching out to me that way. Uh, if if your listeners want to hear more about my 70 or want to learn more about me as well, they can go to my website www.andredowdy.org, A-N-D-R-E-D-A-U-G-H-T-Y.org. The 70 story in itself, that keynote is amazing because um, it's just some practical. Yeah, it's, it's practical, but it's funny and it's teardropping. I mean, it's all of that. Uh, and I wish, kind of like you. Yeah, I wish that I would have recorded it and saved all of the stuff from that year. Because oh, it would have been even more more amazing. People don't believe that I taught 70, but I... Well, you'll have to give us some proof. Um, some pictures, some proof, something. Um, I, love, I love that you said that because I just found, <laughs> believe it or not. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, I just tweeted it uh, for those who are on Twitter. Uh, I was stumbling through a closet and found it and found all the proofs of the picture. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. it was amazing. It was amazing. Real cool. Well, Andre, we will make sure that folks go to your Twitter to see the proof of his first class of 70 students. Thank you again. I appreciate you, Andre. And um, thank you guys for tuning in to Project Based Learning in Practice. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Have a good one, Andre. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Bye-bye. That's all from us this week, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Project-Based Learning in Practice. This is Shayla Adams-Stafford, and I will see you next week.